Now, these numbers may not come as a huge surprise to you, but they are stark nonetheless. A major new report today from the Alzheimer's Society of Canada predicts nearly 1 million people, 1 million people in this country will be living with dementia by the end of the decade. That represents a 65% increase from what it was in 2020. The report is called Navigating the Path Forward for Dementia in Canada. It puts that into perspective this way. In 2020, there was on average 15 new cases of dementia diagnosed each hour. That number will be 21 per hour in 2030. And unless more is done to stem the tide, we could see as many as a quarter million new dementia cases per year by the early 2040s. That's just a huge number. Aging population, obviously, is the driving factor there. The report also looks at the incredible workload taken on by those caring for people with dementia. The report estimates that there were 350,000 care partners in Canada in 2020, providing an average of 26 hours of care per week. That's the equivalent of 235,000 full-time jobs, imagine. The sobering news is that we're not very well equipped to handle the surge in dementia cases or to support those who are and will be providing care to them. The bright light may be that we can, in fact, help stem the tide of new cases, and that could make a huge difference. With more on that now is Dr. Roger Wong. He's a clinical professor in the Division of Geriatric Medicine in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of British Columbia and the National Chair of the Research and Knowledge Committee of the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Dr. Wong, thanks for your time tonight. Well, thank you so much, Ben, and delighted to be speaking with you and the audience tonight. Yeah, this, this is one of those those issues that we've known about. I mean, I think we've seen studies in the past that have that have reflected the same kinds of numbers. But once again, I think you it's been laid very bare that we're in, on the verge of a huge increase in the number of Alzheimer's dementia cases in this country. What did you find? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, uh, what we're referring to is the landmark study. This is a study that is undertaken by the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. So while I wasn't one of the authors of the study, I certainly uh, very familiar with the findings and have helped the society in terms of uh, providing some interpretation of the key findings. One of the first things that I would say is uh, it is a really important document. It is a Canadian document. And that contextual bit is so important because it provides state-of-the-art results within the Canadian setting that will hopefully do three things. I mean, it will hopefully raise awareness about dementia care, um, including Alzheimer's dementia. It would encourage further conversations, but more importantly, catalyze actions that all of us would need to take. Um, Canadians from all walks of life, our policymakers, our governments, and so on. So when you look at just the growth, because I think that's what always catches the eye, at least that's what, what the headlines are all about, is just this incredible growth in the number of, of, of cases that we're going to see, even through the end of this decade. Uh, what did you find? Um, how many? What are we looking at it? Because it seems quite, I mean, it seems quite drastic and that just the number of cases in this country is going to go up a lot, nearly double by the end of this decade. Yeah, the numbers are actually quite amazing. And um, what the Lerma study looks at is uh, the base number of cases of Alzheimer's dementia, uh, say in the year 2020, and then doing a projection into the next 30 years, kind of looking into the future. Now, while none of us really have a crystal ball per se, our methodology does allow us to do projection using simulation kind of methodologies. What we are trying to say, the landmark study shows, is that in the next 30 years, by 2050, if nothing else changes, then the number of people living with dementia will go up to 1.7 million people. This is a tripling of the number of cases that we see in 2020. I mean, in 2022, we are talking about 660,000 plus people, Canadians, living with dementia. And that number is going to drastically go up. 
Now, as it turns out, what we have also seen uh, from the study is that this effect from coast to coast to coast, which right. basically everywhere. Um, this uh, report that uh, the Alzheimer's Society of Canada is putting out is actually the first in a series. There will be future reports that specifically provide a lens, a focus on the people in Canada who are experiencing dementia, in particular things like, you know, whether there are expected population shifts in terms of the ethnicity of people. We're talking about right. underrepresented grouping, young onset dementia, which will involve individuals who are under the age of 65. So uh, as a geriatric specialist, obviously, we see a lot of older adults uh, potentially developing dementia. But now we also understand that younger people, those who are younger than the age of 65, may also develop dementia. And then there will also be a future report that really looks at the economic impact because uh, dementia clearly affects the individuals. It affects the care partners, you know, what we say, families, loved ones, um, friends, neighbors, and so on. But it also affects society overall. It has an overall societal and economic impact. Right. And we'll get to that right after this. There, of course, a reminder, there is no known cure, right? I mean, we're heading into this situation where you're seeing this huge growth in the number of people uh, with dementia, but we don't have a cure. That is correct. We don't really have a way to completely modify or reverse the disease. Now, that said, one of the key findings of the landmark study that is um, commissioned by the Alzheimer's Society of Canada shows the impact of potentially delaying the onset of dementia. And this is an interesting concept. It's one that has not been really published within the Canadian setting before. So this is the first time. What the study shows is that if the onset of dementia can be delayed by one year, one year alone, that could reduce the number of new cases of dementia by half a million by 2050. Now, what it doesn't say is how do you delay the onset? Like whatever methods or means that if you can delay the onset, we'll come back and talk about it because there are ways that we know that can do that. If, however, the onset of dementia can be delayed for even a long period of time, say 10 years, then the projection from the study shows that we can have a case reduction of over 4 million new cases. We can avoid 4 million new cases of dementia in the next 30 years. That's a huge impact. What it means, therefore, is we focus on, obviously, all the research or the public education that we need to happen in terms of improving the care for people living with dementia, and we focus on delaying the onset of dementia, reducing the risk factors that may predispose a person to developing dementia. Because as we can see, I mean, already our healthcare system is in is in crisis right now. Uh, one would imagine that as we go on, and again with an aging population, that this will simply put more strain on the system. Not that all dementia patients end up in hospital all the time, but still, it puts an incredible strain not just on the carers that are taking care of people with dementia, but also the healthcare system in general. I would imagine. Absolutely. I think one of the things that we have learned, in particular during the COVID-19 pandemic, is that individuals who are more vulnerable, more frail, such as those in living with dementia, including Alzheimer's dementia, they are more affected in a disproportionate way by the pandemic. And we know that uh, it is not only about their health condition, it is uh, about their physical health, their mental health, but it also has impact across different sectors. And we know, therefore, that um, you know, whether from a health system point of view, whether from a societal point of view, there's a lot of things that we have learned that can be done to better improve 
improve the care for individuals living with dementia, supporting the loved ones who are providing their care, because that's huge. That's also something the landmark study have really spent quite a bit of time, is to talk about the impact on unpaid care partners, those individuals, family, friends, neighbors, parishioners within church groups or whoever who provide care. What the study shows is that these care partners who are supporting individuals living with dementia, they spend approximately 26 hours a week of right. care to each person. Almost a full-time job. I mean, just about. It, well, well, it's a lot of full-time jobs. In fact, yeah. if you scale up the numbers, that's like the equivalent of 235,000 full-time and paid jobs. And if you put an economic value around it, recognizing this is not only about the dollar sign, but this is a annual amount of 7.3 billion Canadian dollars. That's a huge amount. Uh, Dr. Wong, you, there, is, there are some ideas. I know this is one of the first of a few reports, but there are certainly some ideas in here on how to try to at least delay the onset. And, and what are some of the what is some of the advice you can give to people about what we should be doing to try to ease ease the the um the surge of numbers you're about we're about to see absolutely ben thank you for asking that question that is a question i get asked a lot as a geriatric specialist not only by individuals who are living with dementia but in particular their loved ones their families their friends their neighbors because they always say hey what about me now, what I can reassure people is there are many things that each and every one of us can do in order to reduce our chances or risk of developing dementia. And this is what the landmark study is talking about, because by doing a number of different things, it's not a single thing, but a collection of different things, hopefully we can reduce the chances of developing dementia. By delaying the onset of dementia, the study finds there can be a significant reduction in the number of new cases, a delay of a single year, could mean half a million fewer Canadians living with dementia in the next 30 years. So what are some of the things that we can do? Well, um, in fact, interestingly, uh, most of them are things that we might have heard about, but we might not be thinking about doing them in a regular and a routine way. Physical activity and exercise. What's good for the body is good for the brain. That is very true. But in particular, socialization, social activity. And that is something that we have seen a lot, you know, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. We know, for example, that uh, because of the result of physical distancing, there has been a lot of social isolation. And that could be quite detrimental, not only to mental health, but also to physical health. Now, things or risk factors that increase the chances of stroke, whether it is about type 2 diabetes, whether it is about high blood pressure, whether it is about high cholesterol, these things, you know, or sometimes individuals who have an irregular heart rhythm called atrial fibrillation, irregularly irregular heart rate, that re these conditions require treatments. There are effective medical treatments available for these health conditions. They are long-standing health conditions, but with good treatment, we can reduce the chances of stroke, which in turn will reduce the chances of dementia. Now, there are other things, lifestyle risk factors, such as cigarette smoking. We know that uh, that increases the chances of blood vessel disease, and that could affect the heart or the brain, which in turn can increase the chances of dementia. The amount of alcohol consumption, any excessive consumption can be problematic. So these things, when you, when you look at them, for each individual, we need kind of a tailored approach of modifying or changing multiple of these things in order to reduce the chances of dementia, which is another way of saying delaying the onset of dementia. 
Because as you mentioned, every delay helps, right? And, and to talk about talk about the carers, because so much of some of the really interesting findings in this study are about those who are in charge of the care of people with dementia. Uh, what can be done to better provide for those who find themselves caring for a loved one with dementia? Because right now it feels again like it's a bit haphazard in the sense that people are just you know, you're there, there's a family member with dementia, someone takes care of them, and that's the way we do it. Uh, are there ways that that system could be improved, especially seeing, seeing as how many more cases we may see by the end of this decade? Absolutely, Ben, and that is so crucial. The first thing I always remind myself and all my colleagues and our healthcare providers who, who provide dementia care is when we're dealing with a person who are living with dementia, it's never the single person. It's always but the care partners, these are the unpaid caregivers, families, loved ones, friends, some of them, sometimes some of these individuals may live alone, so they become the neighbors or parishioners within a local church group. What we need to do, first of all, is a recognize that there's a lot of work and also stress related to providing care. And B, how can we mobilize local community? Like when we talk about the neighborhood watch, a lot of times you talk about things like security reasons or whatever. But I think a really good way to mobilizing local neighborhoods is to ask the question, what can a local neighborhood do in order to transforming that environment to a dementia-friendly community? Not only for the person living with dementia, but for their families and loved ones. There's a lot of stigma still because it's going around, you know, talking about dementia, being like people are, are, are stigmatized. So how mm -hmm. can we try to use language that is dementia friendly and how can we use practices that can remove these stigma? This is particularly true in individuals coming from underrepresented populations, maybe visible minorities, maybe people who speak minimal or no English, maybe from lower socioeconomic status. Really important because these determinants of health, they intersect with each other. This is intersectionality. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think we need to do is the policymakers. I mean, you know, this happens at multiple levels, right? It, it starts up with the neighborhoods and the communities, but it goes to cities, townships, I mean, provinces, territories, our country. What can we do at a health system level to really figure out ways of supporting the unpaid caregivers? And 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 there is an economic impact on this, as I mentioned before. So um, they will be things like providing uh, resources and information that are culturally sensitive, but also providing um, you know the type of funding support that are required to um, supporting uh, peer help groups, for example, among some of these care partners. Uh, the local Alzheimer's societies in each of the province and territory, you know, many of them have done a tremendous amount of work trying to advocate for and also provide support for care partners. Dr. Roger Wong, thank you so much for your time tonight. Well, thank you so much, man. Delighted to be with you tonight.